Hello, and welcome to the Roman Run League Podcast. I'm your host, former NFL scout, Tyler Roman. During this time of year, not too many obvious topics to talk about, so in this episode, we're going to look at some superlatives for the upcoming 2021 Washington football team season. Go look at breakout players, rookie of the year, stars, MVP, even you know, possible disappointments for the upcoming year. I also look at who's the real competition for the NFC East crown, the Giants or Dallas. There's been a lot of talk about that in the national media, and I want to you know, dive in to see who I think is actually going to be the biggest test to Washington's NFC East divisional crown. Lastly, I'll take a look at 2022 quarterback prospect Caden Slovis from USC. He's real cerebral and an intelligent player. So that being said, here we go. We're looking at breakout players for next year. I think Antonio Gibson is going to be willing to take the biggest step for this Washington football team. You know, Antonio Gibson had a great rookie year, really his first year position, first year playing running back full time. He did a great job. Uh, really worked on his cuts and vision coming out of the backfield. You know that is going to take some time, and I, he for the time that he was on the job, you know, it got better. You know, pretty quick, especially for someone adjusting to the new position. And Gibson has all the tools, the speed, the build. Um, seemed like he. And wanted to lose a little weight coming into this season. Uh, the turf toe still bothers me a little bit. They said it's still a, still a problem for me, something he's going to manage. But you know, that, that could be something to think about when it comes to this production next year. But I fully expect a 1,000-yard season. He had 11 rushing touchdowns this past year. I would expect 15 total this year between rushing and receiving. I think he's actually going to be the fantasy player of the year on the Washington football team squad. I think Antonio Gibson is going to be RB1 most of the year. But Antonio Gibson is an absolute stud. I think he has all the tools to be one of the best running backs in the league. Next, I'm going to look at Montez Sweat. Obviously, Chase Young gets the most you know, acclaim and lore coming from the national media, but Montez is an absolute freak. You know, He's built like a Julius Peppers type, had a really nice first two years, had seven and a half sacks, I think his rookie year, and almost nine last year. So um, you know, I think he's only going to build on that. I think he's a double-digit sack guy this year. I think he's really going to burst onto the national stage. People are going to hopefully talk about him in the same breath as Chase Young. And talking about them, they're going to best rushing duo in the league i know there's some you know some good ones out there but i think montez and chase have the potential to be one of the best if not the best in the league and i like i said i expect sweat to have you know around 12 sacks this year another breakout candidate william jackson the third the free agent signing from the cincinnati Bengals. he's had a good solid career so far in his first you know five six years in the league but he's never had a defensive line or defensive you know front seven behind that he's able to play behind until he has this year with Washington. Yeah, um, from all, by all accounts, he's really happy to be here and just really wanted to change the scenery, and that can really change a guy's psyche. And, you know, it's good to get out of that mold if you're having trouble with something, you know, to go to a new environment and, you know, spread your wings per se. You know, William Jackson has all the physical measurements, you know, 6'2 corner, long, arms for days doesn't have many interceptions in his career but i think i think it's more because teams weren't targeting him because he was far away the best corner on cincinnati Bengals roster and he i think he will be the best, best corner on washington's roster but the ball is going to be coming out quick because you have that front seven with chase and montez like i mentioned earlier and theron jonathan allen all those guys to name a few because so william jackson has played for four interceptions this year it's a guy that maybe you know maybe not talking about the same breath as the jalen ramsey's and stefan gilmore's or Xavier howard's of the world but i think he's you know going to be that top you know, five to eight corner in the league after this year. Another one would be Cam Curl. Obviously, he had a, I mean, he called a breakout rookie year, the seventh round pick last year. No one expected a seventh round pick to contribute that way. I mean, first rounders don't contribute the way Cam Curl did last year. So Cam's a guy that is only going to get better. I love how smart he is. You know, it seems like he he loves to study film. And the guys like that are going to stay in the league for a long time because they know 
you know, how to prepare and get themselves ready for every Sunday. And if you attach that to all of his physical intangibles, you got a guy that's going to be a starting and a really good starting player in the league. And Cam Curl is just that. You know, I think he can have easily know three interceptions, 100 tackle a season. Um, I think even with landing back, they're going to find ways Cam to be on the field. I think he can play a little free. He did it at Arkansas, actually played corner and slot corner at Arkansas as well. So they could put him on the field at all. You have to get your best 11 out there. And Cam's one of their best 11, so Cam's going to be out there a good amount. Another guy would be Cole Holcomb. I, I think a guy had a really nice rookie year. He had a good year last year as well. Had a couple setbacks, whether it be injuries or for some reason, I just didn't think he played as much as I thought he should. But I love Cole's speed. He has sideline to sideline ability. Good instinctual player. Um, a guy that I think is really you know, going to trust himself more in the second year of this Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio led defense. And I think he could form a you know formidable duo with Jamin Davis going forward. You know, speaking of Jamie Davis, I think he's going to be you know the rookie of the year for this Washington football team. You know, Jamie is a guy that I think will easily have a hundred plus tackles, two to three sacks. He had you know he displayed good pass rushing ability in Kentucky when brought on blitzes, good ball skills. He had a pick six against Tennessee. I can account for a couple of interceptions for him as well. I could see this year just based off his you know intelligence of in the past game. So you know Jamie Davis, I think he's going to be in contention for defensive rookie of the year, not just you know Washington football team rookie of the year. So Davis is you know. Could be the obvious pick being the first round pick, but I think it even just more than that. He's something the team needs. He's been practicing at a middle linebacker all year, seemed to be all offseason. So it'll be interesting to see if they have him play that or if they move him to the outside with John Bossa taking over in the middle. But I just love their you know, using his versatility, which he has plenty of, and a guy that just is, you know, has unlimited potential and I think he's gonna be a really good player for the Washington football team. Other candidates would be Benjamin St. Juice, you know, the fellow third rounder and De'Ami Brown, both third rounders this past draft. St. Juice, I think the way he, you know, performed in the OTAs and minicamp, I think he's going to be, if not week one, the third corner, you know, maybe by week three or four. I think he's a guy that is going to, again, being set up one of those best 11, I think going to maybe kick Kendall Fuller inside, put St. Juice on the outside. Big St. Juice is, you know, a good man-to-man press long corner. He has to work on his hands, but... He's always around the ball and a guy that, you know, has a really nice potential for this team. Tiami Brown, another guy I really like, talked about it in many podcasts. Love his long speed. His good ability after the catch. You know, Tiami's a guy that I wouldn't be surprised if he takes the field early and becomes a consistent, uh, you know, contributor right away. But I think, you know, I think I'm looking more of a 2022 for Tiami. I think they're still going to rely on guys like Cam Sims. Adam Humphreys, and you know, even if Calvin Harmon or Antonio get a golden and take a step, I think they might get some more run too. So I think Yami just has a good amount of competition to play with. But if he plays and shows he's you know one of the best options to be out there, obviously he needs to be out there. Next one is just more a little of a timely situation. Um, this podcast is coming out July second, Friday. You got Fourth of July coming this upcoming Sunday. So for the firework for this team, I'm gonna go with Curtis Samuel. You know, another free agent signing for this year. He's going to provide, you know, fireworks for this team. He's going to get the ball in his hands a myriad of ways out of the backfield, screen plays, jet sweeps, um, deep ball. Um, like I said, they can give it to him in a lot of ways. I'm really excited to see what Scott Turner can do with him. He's a guy that's only going to get better with him not even being 25, I think, till August. So he's we, they got him in the you know prime of his career and definitely some more steps that he can take in his career to take off pressure of uh, for Terry McLaurin. You know, some surprise guys, um, you know, I'm calling this almost the Cam Sims Award because, you know, Cam is a guy that, you know, was a little bit of a fan favor for the last couple of preseasons and, you know, took a nice step last year in year three to contribute and, you know, be at least another possible option opposite Terry McLaurin. So, you know, guys like that, I'm looking at Antonio Gainey-Golden, really liked him come out of Liberty, 
love his physical tools. Uh, has to work on his route running a little, you know, not very twitchy, man. That's, you know, to be expected of a 6'4 guy. Um, made great routine one-handed catches of Liberty. I heard he made one in mini camp this year. I think he's a guy that, you know, if he stays healthy, gets more adjusted to the game. It was The odds were stacked against him last offseason. Coming from a small school like Liberty, with no real offseason to speak of due to, you know, the pandemic, you know, I think he's going to, you know, come in a lot better this year. I think he can contribute. I think he's going to get some, you know, hopefully some chances to make make plays for this team, especially in jump ball situations. Zeke Charles is another one. I wouldn't be surprised if he's a starting left guard week one. Uh, Charles, you know, biggest thing is injuries. He's even had some in LSU. But he can play left tackle, right tackle, left guard, right guard. He's a guy that provides a lot of versatility for this team. So maybe that's the way they want to keep him as a sixth offensive lineman. But I think he has all the talent to be a left guard of this team. And you know, who knows, maybe take over for Charles Leno in 2022 as a left tackle if he shows what he's capable of. Another one would be Tim Settle going into his fourth year coming out of Virginia Tech. Really guy, really nice um, nose tackle, you know, three technique guy from, you know, like I said, from Tech. He's a guy that had five sacks last year. You know, I really like his pass rushing ability. I think he's one of the better pass rushing inside pressures on this team. If he was on another team, I think he'd be talked of a lot more and have a lot more run. I mean, he had five sacks last year and limited snaps. So, you know, I really think they should try to showcase him more because, you, you know, maybe you try to pay a guy like that instead of who you could pay him less instead of paying a guy like Jonathan Allen or Deron Payne or I mean, even Inatis has already paid, but he has a his deal has expired, I think, in two years. So Tim Saddle's a guy to think of just because um, he's going to be a free agent this year, and I don't know if he's going to be on this team if they do pay those other guys, but Saddle has a lot of potential. Really young guy, too, even going, going into his fourth year. I think he's only 24 years old. Another guy I was surprised, but I think this almost like as a comeback player award would be Landon Collins. I know a lot of fans and the team is on down on Landon Collins, but I mean he's still a young guy. He's only twenty seven years old. You know he's a former All Pro only a few, a few years ago. I think you know yes he didn't play very well even before he got hurt last year, but I mean his skills just didn't deteriorate. He just had you know a bad stretch. He missed some tackles. He's still a good player. Um, obviously excels closer to the line of scrimmage. I think he's going to play more of that Buffalo nickel and maybe have. Cam Curl plays him a strong safety, but Lana's going to be out there. He's going to be out there making plays. I really have confidence in him that he's going to be, you know, valuable, valuable and a vital part of this defense in 2021. You know, possible disappointments. Obviously, you don't wish this on anyone, but it's just you know, it's it comes to the territory. We're talking about you know what could happen for this team in 2021. Um, a couple guys, and the first one, it's not because I don't believe in him, and I think and I think he is a good tight end, but I'm going to say Logan Thomas, and I think it's just because. Um, a guy like that, he had a lot of targets last year outside of Terry McLaurin. He was the best option for this team outside of really Terry and J.D. McKissick. So I think Logan, I think his numbers might naturally go down just because there's more target, targets to go around in this offense. You obviously have Terry and then one receiver. Now you have Curtis Samuel, Adam Humphreys, Cam Sims, um, Deami Brown. You're still going to throw it out to J.D. McKissick. I know they want to feature Antonio Gibson in the passing game is more, uh, much more this year as well. So Logan's a guy that I still think they should keep long-term. Still a guy I think they need to pay. And a guy that could still give them 50, to keep, you know, 50 catches, 500 yards, or five touchdowns. So really want to say this is Paul Mattis. I could see his stat line going down a little bit, but I think he's still going to be a good quality player for this team. Some other ones really are just more injuries concerns. Matt Ioannidis and Brandon Sheriff. They've had, obviously, you know, some injury history these last couple of years. Ioannidis, you know, the team was actually showed pretty well without him, but I still think he's probably the best pass rushing defense tackle for this team. So Ioannidis is a guy that, you know, is important to this team, but... Um, obviously they can play in one without him. They proved that last year. Sheriff's a guy. Everyone knows the injuries. He is a, you know, very, very quality left guard, excuse me, right guard in this league and for this team. But they play without him. And obviously 
it's trending here that he's not going to be with his team in 2022. Uh, the, the deadline to get a deal done before the franchise tag July 15th was just only in two weeks. So I don't think that's happening. This might be his last of raw. Hopefully he has a good year for this team, but you know, obviously injuries are always going to be considered. Another one would be Jimmy Moreland. Um, I still like Jimmy. I think he's playing out of position. I think he is more of an outside corner. That's what he was at JMU. I don't see there's a position for him that for, for him here. If that's the case, though, because obviously you have William Jackson, Kendall, and St. Juice, and you know if St. Juice excels, I think he's better on that side. So they move Kendall inside. That's just what I would do. So Jimmy's a guy that you know I think he is a playmaker. You know he definitely is around the ball a lot. He's had some up and ups and downs. Either way, is a good seventh round pick. You know because he's a contributor for this team and played a lot of plays last year. So Jimmy Moreland's a guy that you know might not have the biggest year, and that's really only because I think St. Juice is prime for that third cornerback role but you know jimmy could be that fourth or fifth corner and you know play special teams as well you know stars and mvp i think it's the two best players of the team that's chase young and terry mclaurin you know chase young's a guy that has you know another guy that has, should have 12 to 15 sacks this year i think he's only gonna get better obviously he's just a physical freak everyone knows that um Teams fear him. Teams are going to lock in on him. If he doesn't reach that number, it's because teams are going to double team him and triple team him, and that's going to leave more opportunities for the Montez Sweats and Drawn Payne Jonathan Allens of the world and Tim Settle and Matt Ioannidis. So no, I think he's going to be the ultimate factor of this team. Teams have the game plan for him. That's something that not many – there's not been many players in Washington the last 10 years that teams have really had to worry about and keep opposing offensive coordinators, in this case, up at night. And Chase Young is – an absolute freak, and I think if he has the year that he can have, he can be in the defensive player of the year conversation as well. Obviously, Terry McLaurin, best offensive player on this team, one of the best up-and-coming wide receivers in this league. Um, he's only going to get better. I love you know love his route running, love the way he's working on release. I love that he continues to get better and doesn't you know rest on his laurels. He's a good, great guy to have in the locker room, team captain, just like Chase Young. You know, Terry's a guy, even with you know more weapons in the offense. I think Ryan's still going to give him the ball a lot of time off Fitzpatrick. He likes to force feed his guys. I think Terry will be his guy. I think Terry is in line for 90 catches, you know, 12 to 1300 yards and around seven, eight touchdowns. So fantasy perspective, that's a, you know, wide receiver one, two as well, but I think he's a wide receiver one in real life. And that's what all that matters when it comes to, you know, winning a Super Bowl and being an actual NFL team. So, and, you know, you notice in this, I haven't talked about any quarterbacks. You know, I think as long as Ryan Fitzpatrick, does his job and let's say it's Taylor Heineke but obviously I think all signs points to Ryan Fitzpatrick you know they just do their job don't turn the ball over get the ball out to the playmakers um run the ball I think they'll be fine I think you know they don't have to be special if they're special then this team can win even more games than I think they can and go deep in the playoffs but I don't expect that I think Fitzpatrick obviously has his moments as Fitz magic but then he has his moments like Fitz tragic so Fitz is a guy though but I think if he gives them you know, just good football. That's all this Washington team needs for him. This is a you know, another chance to win a division um, in 2021. You know, for this team, like I, I think I noticed, I pointed out on the schedule preview show, whatever you want to call it, you know, episode about a month ago. I, I think the floor for this team is nine wins. I really like this team. Love the way their defense is playing and all the talent they have on it. And like I said, I think Fitzpatrick can keep this offense afloat. Then the ceiling is about 11 wins. Um, so you're looking at either 9-8 and eight or 11-6. and six. I think that's kind of where the pendulum falls for this team. And I think they I think they are the you know biggest threat and the best team in the NFC East. And I you know, like, just want to hit real quick, like I said, a lot of national media talk has been on this division recently. I've noticed like on ESPN and NFL Network and 
you know, the Cowboys offense is very good. And there's no doubting that, you know, Dak Prescott is the best quarterback in the division. Uh, I love CeeDee Lamb last year at Oklahoma. He was my favorite wide receiver to watch him and Jerry Judy, but I like CD a little better. So Amari Cooper is a great wide receiver as well. Michael Gallup is a good receiver. Ezekiel had a down year. They got to see what they have from him. Tony Pollard is a good running back. Um, but their offense is really good. But also you got to remember the offensive line, they have a lot of injuries, you know, especially with Tyron Smith. And he's been injured a lot the last couple of years. If he goes down, that's only going to make them worse. You know, as much as Dak Prescott should be okay, that was a very serious injury. You don't know what's going to happen with him. Um, and I know everyone's praising the Dan Quinn hire and that he's just going to rectify and be the savior for this defense. I don't, I just don't, I don't, I don't get it, you know, because Dan Quinn had some poor defense the last couple of years in Atlanta and everyone praises back to the Seattle days. And that's great. But in Seattle, he had Richard Sherman, Brandon Browner, Cam Chancellor, Earl Thomas, Bobby Wagner, uh, KJ Wright, Bruce Irving, you know, the list goes on. Like, he doesn't have those players in Dallas. So it doesn't matter what he does, they're not going to have the same impact that he has in Seattle. Unless I'm seeing more that, that, that I'm missing because Dallas, their defensive line is still pretty poor. The Marcus Orris has not been as the same player the last couple of years. I think they're putting a lot of eggs in the Randy Gregory basket, even though he's been in and out of the league for the last, really, since he entered the league five or six years ago. Linebacking core is good, obviously. Michael Parsons is a good pick. Um, I still don't like him off the field, but I think if he, everything checks out that end, he's going to be a really good linebacker for them. Jalen Smith had a bad year last year. Late Manders can't stay healthy. Um, so there's still some you know drama there. Cornerback-wise, Trayvon Diggs is the number one corner. I don't think Trayvon Diggs is the number one corner in the NFL. I think he's a really good number two, but um, you know they still have cornerback. They, they drafted Kelvin Joseph in the second round from Kentucky. Guy with a lot of potential. Um, he had some off-field issues, too, if I remember correctly. So, uh, But his tools are there, so he can be someone to consider. Safety-wise, you know, they're not the greatest back in the bag into it. I know I saw they signed Demonte Casey from Atlanta, who you know has some ties with uh, Dan Quinn. They also signed Keanu Neal, but I think he might play linebacker. So they're trying to fit a lot of different pieces in the defense, and I, still just, I just don't still see how their defense is going to be much better. I know Dan Quinn is better defensive coordinator than Mike Nolan, but that talent still isn't that great. So... Speaking from Cowboys' perspective, I just don't – I Washington is a better team. I, I don't understand the backlash. I mean, I think even when it's look at it, Washington defense is better. I say you can argue than Cowboys' offenses. So that's the way I look at it. And not Washington's offense is better than Cowboys' defense, um, if that makes any sense. But so I, I think the Giants are a bigger threat with all the additions they made. You know, Kenny Galladay, Saquon Barkley have a Mac from um, injury. They signed even John Ross, drafted Kadarius Tooney. Signed Kyle, Kyle Rudolph. The offensive line still isn't great, so that's a big part of it. They're, they had a solid defense last year, and they really have you know everyone really returned, even adding to Doria Jackson. So they have a good defense. Um, their offense has a lot of weapons, but the same thing with the Giants. Their biggest question mark is offensive line and quarterback. If Daniel Jones is a Daniel Jones of the first two years, the Giants aren't going to be great, and they can win seven, eight games, but they're not going to be much better. So, if, and I, I, I don't really have too many hopes for Daniel Jones. There were some moments I liked at him coming out of Duke a few years back. He was very overdrafted. I think he could have gone later in the first round, and I think that it wouldn't have been that big of an uproar. But, um, you know, Jones is a guy that just is up and down and, you know, makes some poor decisions pretty consistently. So um, those are the two teams that are really the biggest challenger. I think Philly, as of right now, is pretty irrelevant. I liked what they did with Devontae Smith. And a couple other picks in the draft, like Landon Dickerson at center. Um, Jalen Hurts still has a lot to prove. Um, he had some moments last year, but then showed where he was lacking in the passing game, you know, speaking from his throwing perspective. So, and Philly, I think, is far and away the worst team in the division. But 
if I had to pick right now, I think the Giants are the biggest threat to Washington. If Daniel Jones figures it out, then yeah, the Giants are going to be a scary test for Washington. And the Washington needs to go over that Giants hump. They've lost five in a row. Um, granted, the Washington's been every game, and you could argue could have won those games, at least some of them. But I think you know they need to get over the hump this year. Starting week two, they have to beat them in week two. I really think they need to, they need to show a precedent and let them know that this is their division and you know this is how it's going to be in 2021. Lastly, I want to talk a little about Caden Slovis, quarterback from USC, 6'2", 200 pounds. He's a rising junior. He's a freshman. Really nice year, 282 of 392, 3,500 yards passing, 30 touchdowns, 9 interceptions. Last year in a condensed, condensed late year, he was 177 to 264, 1,921 yards, 17 touchdowns, 17 touchdowns and 7 interceptions. You know, I like I like that he worked his way for the starting job. He bid out higher, higher base recruits, you know, like that he embraces competition instead of entering the portal. He actually made JT Daniels, who was a bigger recruit coming out, transfer to Georgia. So I like that, you know, he's willing to you know, show that he's the right guy for the job. He reminds me of a few guys, um, Josh Rosen, Jared Goff, and Matt Ryan. He's smaller than those guys. Um, obviously, for his case, hopefully he's more than Matt Ryan, Jared Goff, Pendulum, or Scale. Um, but he's a long way before he gets to those guys. But I see a baseline to work with, just the way he you know moves in the pocket and his mannerisms out there. Good adequate arm strength, throws a good deep ball with a zip to get in the type windows in the middle of the field. Um, good smooth throwing mechanics, very repeatable. It's what you like to see from a quarterback. Um, like the way he goes through his progressions, very calm in the pocket. Uh, does nothing really bothers him when he's in the pocket, even with when there's you know dirty laundry around him for defense alignment. Doesn't lock into receiver, moves on to the next regression pretty quickly. Um, and you know, he's really cool and calm with the game online. That's what I think I like about him the most. Um, he led his team on multiple, you know, last minute drives, two minute drives for a game when he scores in a few games. Uh, really one really nice one was against the, their big time rival against UCLA to have a game winning touchdown, I think with like ten seconds left. So you could just tell the moments on moments on too big for him. He has a real cool laid back demeanor, almost like a Joe Burrow, who just it seems like, you know, nothing phases them. So I, I like that aspect of his game, something that you, you really, you know, aspire in for as a quarterback. He's not a mobile quarterback, um, not very much at all. I think he had negative rushing yards in both years so far. Uh, but he navigates the pocket well, and he can, you know, he can throw to his guy accurately on the run. So he can escape, you know, for every now and again for a couple yards, you know, five, ten yards. But definitely not a mobile guy, not exactly what the NFL is trending towards. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, for that though, he has a normal slate of Pac-12 games this year with Notre Dame and BYU highlighting his non-conference opponents. You know, I'm excited to see how he progresses in year three. He has the potential to be a first round pick next April. Um, I don't think he'll work his way up to the top one on the board just because his measurables think, you know, scouts and teams are looking for those athletic quarterbacks, bigger guys, uh, you know, and, and if you're smaller, you got to be, you know, a faster guy that's going to make plays because see with his legs. And that's not what Slovis is. Um, so I think that's what's going to hold him back. But, you know, he does make right and the right and winning plays. And that's all what you would really want in a quarterback. I could see a team falling in love with him that has a good system in place and um, just wants a guy that can distribute the ball evenly and, you know, make solid plays and doesn't make put you in bad, bad situations. So I think Slovis does have potential to be a first round pick in 2022. Well, with that, that will include this Rome Round League episode. I'm excited to see who steps up and shows out for the Washington football team in 2021. I think it will be a competitive division, but I think the Washington football team is just a little above the competition. Hope you enjoy this edition of the pod. Tune in next week for some more look on the top prospects of the 2022 NFL Draft. You can follow me on Twitter at NFLScout21 and Instagram at Rome Round League underscore pod. Thanks for listening. Please rate and subscribe. 
time. This is your host, Tyler Roman, signing off. See you next time.